I think from day one, it's a game changer. You know, it's the ability to detect diseases before they become symptomatic. That is, you know, I think that in, in the past, whatever, 200 years, we've kind of changed. Our perception about our bodies has changed. You know, our health is the doctor's responsibility. It's not our responsibility anymore. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Leumitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Health is rapidly changing all around us. The digitalization of health is exponentially growing and the consumer behavior that is adapting to this change is just fascinating. And this is exactly what this episode is about. Meet Guy Goldman, the CEO and founder of Olive Diagnostics, 100% passive continuous urinalysis sensor that mounts to any toilet and can be used to early detect thousands of diseases. Prior to establishing Olive, Guy was the CEO of a number of technology and data science companies. Most recently, Guy was managing a large transportation service provider company in London. Of the data science companies, Guy pioneered the advancement of churn modeling for telecom companies and software licensing optimizations. Both companies were bought out, one by a publicly traded company on NASDAQ. Guy holds a BS in computer science from the University of San Francisco. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you about, you know, technology, medicine, telehealth, digitalization with healthcare, and, and everything in between. The work that you're doing with all of diagnostics, I think it's, you know, it's, it's so cool in today's world to have organizations and companies that are, that are looking at the healthcare system, that are looking at us, you know, humans, and, and thinking through technologies that will allow us to get the, the help that we needed, accessibility, better technology to diagnose and to treat. And so thank you very much for both the work that you're doing, but specifically for coming here now and talking about it. And tell me a little bit about, you know, yourself. You've, you've worked in quite a few organizations leading up to all of true diagnostics. What, what's happening there? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I was, uh, I was moved to Israel as a kid and, uh, Upon finishing the military and everything, I went back to the United States to study and I finished my, uh, I graduated in, uh, San Francisco State. Um, I studied computer science and physics and, uh, was kind of on that path for a technology kind of, uh, career. Um, but fairly early on, I pivoted and understood that the real money is in sales. Um, and so I moved over to sales and then into management and, um, I was kind of managing, you know, people's companies. I was like a CEO for hire kind of thing. And that's actually where the story of all of diagnostic uh, actually begins. Because um, <laughs> what happened is I was, uh, I was managing a really large company in London. And I was doing kind of this 10-4 rotation between Israel and London. So back and forth, back and forth. And um, one day I get this call from my mom who's living here in Jerusalem, in Israel. I'm located right now in Jerusalem. And she tells me that she's been uh, diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And, you know, so your whole life flips around and how can it be? You're so, you know, you, you run and you play tennis and how can that be? So whatever. So she did a few surgeries and she started chemotherapy. And I don't know anything about chemotherapy. The only thing I know about chemotherapy is the big bad side effects, you know? 
And I find myself calling home three to four times a day to ask, you know, whoever was watching her that day, like, you know, how's she doing? You know, is she eating? Is she drinking? Is she walking? Is she sleeping? Just, you know, the basics. Because I'm waiting for these bad side effects to take place. And um, my brothers and sisters here in Israel, you know, um, they kind of said to me, look, it's it's great that you, that, you know, it's heartwarming, the care and all that kind of stuff. But um, either come back to Israel or stop calling, but something has to change now, you know, because I was driving them wow. nuts, you know. And what happened was, I started saying, okay, well, London's awesome. I don't know if you spent any time there. So it's a fantastic place. And I didn't want to come back to Israel. I wasn't in any rush to come back. So I'm like, okay, fine. You know what? It's 2017. So there must be a technology that I can put to kind of, you know, monitor her from a, from a distance. Not, I don't want to get blood test results and stuff like that. I don't understand that stuff, right? I just want to know the basics. And, um, you know, it's 2017. There should be something there. You know, it's not 1986. What do we have, right? But there should be something there. And so I start going, I'm starting to look and look, and I'm exploring, 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 and there's nothing out there. The only thing that was closest were, you know, these, those, you know, watches, smartwatches. And I got footsteps and heart rate, which is good, but it's not what I'm right. looking for. And, um, anyways, then my dad got sick. So I, I came back to Israel and, um, and decided that this is crazy because. Anyone who's my age has parents who are, you know, plus minus their age. And I hope everyone's healthy and stuff, but, you know, a lot of them aren't. And this problem of being able to just, you know, just to know what's going on is probably a huge problem. I know I faced it. And um, I always say that in order for a technology, you know, to skip over the evolutionary curve, Right. So you have an evolutionary curve of technology. You know, you, you got your emails and you got them on your computer, then to your phone, and then to your watch. You know, that's evolutionary. Mm -hmm. But for something to skip over, there's got to be a really, really personal, deep reason why someone had to invent this technology, you know? And all of diagnostic with its sensor that mounts onto a toilet and allows for continuous urinalysis five to seven times a day. We're introducing a new science to the world, not just a technology, it's a science that we had to, to develop to overcome the tremendous amount of, uh, of noise that's, you know, inherent in the system. So, um, I guess that's a long <laughs> introduction of who I am, but it kind of, you know. So when you're looking at the both on the consumer behavior front, as well as the scientific front, right? I mean, you have a few different things at play here because you know, there was a way to continue to, to get updates, but with your mom, but it, it resulted in, in a, not such a good, you know, experience for the, for the different parties, right? And at the same time, you're saying, well, even that, I'm not even sure, like, even if I do get her the, you know, blood test, whatever, I'm not sure that I can even read that. I need something that will be, you know, halfway. And so how do you think strategically through the through the solution so when, when you're coming initially to all of diagnostics and you're thinking okay this is the solution that i want to to enable and to embed how are you shaping your priorities at that point so the priorities were really set as you say on and and the whole device is designed around a 74 year old woman okay so my mom, with all due respect, isn't going to change anything in her life to appease or right. nourish my curiosity. You know, she's not going to do anything. You want to know? Call me. 
<laughs> you know, that's the kind of person she was, which is fine. I, I think a lot of people are like that, you know. So really, when we when we designed and prioritized the feature set and the the look and feel and the um the the way that the device is installed, it's all designed for a seventy four year old woman to be able to install it and operate it and use it by herself, you know. And um, there's a lot of features, and when when you kind of get into the deep depth of it, you start to realize there's all these little nuances that you need to account for, you know. Um, forget the use cases that are that you know, right? The, you know, they, they use it for anything. So you got to really, really kind of design it with with that persona in your head, and she's the one who's going to use it. Fantastic. Take me back to the initial prototype. You're creating the initial device. You're going to the market. What are you? What are you trying to prove initially? What What are sort of the assumptions that a company like Olive Diagnostics has to prove to to investors, to the team, to yourself that this this thing is actually working? <laughs> so that's a really funny story because when I first started this somewhere in 2019, when I came up with this wild idea of using optics to to do molecular analysis, um. The one of the advantages of Israel is so small. I went to all the universities and spoke to all the optic professors, you know, and all of them thought I was absolutely crazy to try to do what's called spectroscopy. It's the science behind the technology uh, to do spectroscopy in an open environment. Because if you go out and see a spectrometer, a spectrometer is like this huge machine. It's a million dollars. And you put a test tube inside a box and you close the box, you put it in this machine, you seal the machine. It's completely silent, you know. And also, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put it on the back, you know, on the side of a toilet. You know, they thought it was absolutely crazy. And then the ones who kind of said like, yeah, maybe there's a chance. But the minute I said, yeah, we're actually doing the measurements when the urine is vertical. We're doing it horizontally in, mo you know, it's in motion. And there's ache to the, to the drops. They're going to be whatever shape they want to be, you know. I just got laughed out of almost every single room, you know. So... When you ask, what do we need to prove? We need to prove that this was scientifically possible. It's like if I told you, okay, can you build me a time machine, right? You have to prove the science that the science works. And um, we've had huge, tremendous scientific breakthroughs, you know? And one of the things that we like to say, but people don't really get it, is we took the optics out of spectroscopy. So we, we've gone so far out that, you know, yes, we're using spectroscopy, but it's, it's on this, it's, you know, it's, it's something else, you know? And so, and I had to prove it, you know, to, first of all, to the investors and stuff like that, which was really difficult because if you don't get deep into the equations, it's hard to see if this is going to work. Right. Right. Um, but then I had, a, you know, anyone I tried to, uh, uh, to recruit, you know, thought it was crazy. I'm sure. So there were a bunch of us crazy guys who kind of got together and said, well, wait a minute, let's give it a shot, you know? And in, in Hebrew, there's a word called chutzpah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And our chutzpah is that we tried because it was against everyone's best judgment, but we tried it and it worked. Um, it took us probably about a year to get to an actual prototype or a proof of concept, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, that you can actually detect using light, you know, molecules, because, I mean, molecules are so small, you can't imagine, right? right. Um, took about a year to do that, and then it probably took about another year to, to 
get the spread. So the person just urinates. Doesn't matter where they urinate. Doesn't matter. They don't have to do anything. My mom's not going to do anything. She's not going to turn on or off the light or anything like that, you know? And um, it took us about another year to get all the kinks worked out. And now we have a device that we're, um, we're starting uh, um, operations sales already in the European markets. Um, Mid-April, it's going to be launched. Wow, wow. We've got 100 elderly homes. So, incredible. incredible. 100 and so elderly at, at the So the phase that we're at right now, right? Where the phase where you're saying, okay, we've built this product. We, we think we understand the consumer behavior. We think we, we, we get the value proposition and that we're making it happen. Now you're sort of on the route to find product market fit, right? And and so what is this, you know, the, this next 100 households? What what is the the most important thing you want to learn from from the deployment of these units? Honestly, just that people are okay with seeing on their toilet with this device. As simple Fair as enough. that. I don't need any. I don't need anyone to tell me if I'm detecting stuff or not. That we know that we've done it a billion times over. Just that people aren't afraid to sit on the device. Wow, I love it. So you say, so I, I love the, the, you know, the fact that you're narrowing it down and you say, okay, we, we, I don't need them to tell me that it's providing them, you know, analytical value. I just need to know that they're willing to use it, not for the science sake, not for, just in terms of their human behavior, their their day to day. I think that's really really cool. I really do love that. Seeing their toilet and looking at their toilet the same way for, you know, 70, 80 years. And all of a sudden there's this new thing on the toilet. You know, for some, that might be a little bit like, wait, what's this? You know, and right. uh, I just want to make sure, you know, that, uh, that, that that works. So how are you envisioning this, you know, down the line? So once this becomes a full-fledged product and, it's, and you're, you're taking it outside of you know, your own control. How do you imagine it getting to people's households and how do you how do you grow this thing at scale? Great, that's a good question. So our initial market, and it didn't it didn't actually happen, I mean, it didn't happen purposefully this way. So when we started our company and and we had funding and stuff like that, we started doing a lot of market research to figure out, I mean, there are so many verticals for this product, you know, from sports and nutrition to safety at work, law enforcement, you know, you name it. And everyone needs it. We know because we're getting, you know, we're getting push from the market on almost every, you know, we have like 15 or 20 verticals that each one is a three, four or $5 billion market, you know? Um, and then we, so we did all this analysis and we figured out that we're actually going to do, you know, um, elderly remote monitoring, you know, which was kind mm-hmm. of the, the basis of the product and the initially that's where we started from. But once we circled back and we found out that's actually our lowest hanging fruit mm-hmm. because we can provide the, the easiest, most articulate message to a B2B sale. So it's not even B2C, it's B2B. We sell it to the assisted living facility. So they put in there, you know. Right. Okay, good. Okay, so you were just telling me, you're just telling me about the strategy for working with a, on the B2B versus B2C and, and the different, you know, pros and cons in that regard. Right. So, um, so initially we're going after the elderly population. We, we believe that we get the biggest bang for our buck there. Um, plus it's a B2B sale versus a B2C sale. Uh, what we're doing for them is we're actually doing early disease detection. 
So, you know, if you think about a 78-year-old woman who gets a UTI or, you know, a 90-year-old guy with kidney stones, they, they go to the hospital. It's not like just something, you know, they go to the doctor because right. they have 20 or 30 symptoms, you know, from, you know, fever and they're dizzy and they can't walk and they can't eat, you know. So, but by being able to continuously monitor someone, you can actually pick up the disease before the symptoms appear, okay? And that's really what our, our what we're coming out with the uh, with the first device. But like I said, there's some special, unique qualities to this device that makes it more appealing for someone older than someone younger. Okay, so now we're going through um, a mechanical and industrial design of our next, you know, our next version, which is it's just a clip on. You just clip it onto your toilet, you know. So for younger people, people who stand when they urinate versus sitting down and urinating, because there's some, there's some issues there. Um, and there we want to go a lot more into the, you know, the health monitoring slash wellness, you know, so sports enthusiasts who, who are looking to see how well they worked out, looking to see how their pre and post workout, you know, how their body's reacting to their workouts, you know. <clears throat> alcohol levels, are you drinking too much? Are you, you know, so it's, every, it's everything associated with that. If you're thinking about you know, the, when this will become a game changer, how does that look? How does, how does all diagnosis become a game changer for humans you know, around the world? So I think from day one, it's a game changer. You know, it's the ability to detect diseases before they become symptomatic. That is it's, it's, a, it's, you know, I think that in, in the past, whatever, 200 years, we've kind of changed. Our perception about our bodies has changed. You know, our health is the doctor's responsibility. It's not our responsibility anymore, you know? So if you want to get, I don't know, you want to get an x-ray, right? You can't just go and buy an x-ray, you know, get an x-ray done. You have to go to the doctor who gives you, you know, um, a, a prescription for an x-ray, you know, it's the whole... It's the doctor who does everything. It's not you. We've lost contact with our own bodies. And I think from day one, this is kind of giving us back that power to know what's happening inside our bodies without having to go through the whole doctor and all that kind of stuff. We can just get it right in front of us, you know? Um, we also believe that this is because of doing early disease detection versus symptomatic detection. Right. Huge, you know, it's a huge change that the, everything changes, you know, preventative medicine, all those kind of things, you know, um, although we don't like to say preventative because we're not preventing it, we're, we're just catching it early, you know, um, but it's early curing, which is much cheaper. And, you know, uh, uh, the, the lifestyle of, of that is just, you know, huge. I love it. Guy, thank you very much for, for coming here and for sharing the story and the work. It's, it's really fascinating and, uh, and I'm sure it will do so good for the world and for so many people that are using it. And I love the, specifically the intentionality behind, you know, th at the end, it, they just need to be able to be willing to sit on it, right? To, to, <laughs> to be able to sit on this toilet and not feel like this product is not for them to use on their day-to-day. -day. This is, you know, there's, there's a ripple effect of what happens. There's a chain reaction of what happens with the product right after they use it. But for, for this to work, they just need to be willing to sit. Exactly. And, and I just love that understanding and that statement. So, Guy, thank you very, very much. And stay safe and stay healthy. All thank right. you. Thank you. And uh, it was really good being on the call.